What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here, bringing another Productivity in Tech podcast. And this week, I have Justin Duke on the line. Justin, during the day, is a developer for Stripe up in the Seattle area. For those that don't know, Stripe is a really awesome payment processing system that I've used for a while. And it's funny that I've actually met Justin before without realizing who he was. I met him at the Pi Cascades conference last year. And we talked about that a little bit in the after show, but uh, I was super impressed with one of his side projects that he's working on, which is the button down newsletter service. Now, Pitt has a newsletter that it shares with my personal newsletter, kjmiller.com. And in that, I talk a lot about productivity, automation, um, a little bit of motivation, a little bit of current events, uh, a lot of those different things. So if you haven't subscribed to that yet, uh, go to productivityintech.com, hit the newsletter button, and then sign up for that. But the newsletter itself is running on this button-down system, and I really love what Justin's been doing, and I think that it is interesting to see a solo developer really putting his heart and soul into a product like button down and it even came from the humble beginnings of just loving email and loving you know sending emails and newsletters to his friends and, and loved ones and turning that idea into something that he could share and create with others but i'm not going to tell his story i'm going to let him do it uh, so without further ado here is my conversation with justin duke I'm sitting here today with Justin. Justin, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Justin is a software engineer for Stripe, which is a, a payment processing company. Um, anybody that is making money on the web, if you are not using Stripe, you are doing it wrong. Like I, I can tell you as someone who's been using Stripe for uh, probably a year, year and a half now, like it just makes payment processing, dealing with credit cards, all of that stuff. I've, I've built my own like membership site uh, with Stripe as the backbone. And Justin's one of the people that helped make that happen. But Justin also has some projects that uh, I kind of wanted to get him onto the show to talk more about those. And uh, we've had a lot of fun already before the recording uh, discussing thoughts about stuff. So uh, I'm going to just turn it over to Justin. Please tell everybody a little bit more about what you've got going on outside of your day job. Absolutely. Um, so I think the the main project I've been working on for the past around year and a half or so has been Bundown, which is how we got acquainted. Uh, Bundown is a app or a tool or whatever noun you want to use that helps you send newsletters really easily. Um, I've always loved sort of writing emails to friends. I think starting my sophomore year of college or so, I just had this kind of tiny little newsletter that 
I forward to like my friends and family who I missed and then a couple friends who I was growing up with and that kind of thing. Um, and then I ultimately migrated to a tool called Tiny Letter, which is a app that was basically like, oh, you want to send this in something a little fancier than Gmail, we'll give you some support to do that, similar to MailChimp or MailerLite. And then I kept on using those tools, bouncing from tool to tool, not really loving any of them because my, my emails that I was sending weren't really fancy. I was basically writing markdown, adding some images, that kind of thing. And I didn't really find the thing that was perfect for what I wanted, which was just sending something quickly and moving on with my day. And so I started making button down. Um, and it's, I think I started it in June of, I want to say like 2017 or so. And I originally published it thinking no one else would really want it. It was sort of a scratch my own itch tool, but if someone else wants to use it, great. And then it's kind of taken off from there. Um, and I have a couple other projects in that vein. The other big one that I think has gotten some recognition is Spoonbill, which is uh, kind of silly in concepts, but it's an app that tells you when someone who you're following on Twitter changes their bio or their location or their name. Because often, sort of how like people <coughs> looked at LinkedIn to see if someone has switched jobs, a lot of people, especially in some of the spheres I'm interested in, like tech and media, will update their Twitter bio where it's like, oh, this person has changed from engineer at PayPal to engineer at Heroku. They change their Twitter bio before they actually change their LinkedIn or their resume or anything. So watching that has been really fun as well. So I, I think one of the things that I really liked about Spoonbill too was there's this thing around like people attending conferences where they'll say, oh, I am so-and-so at whatever the hashtag is for the conference that they're at. Just so, you know, other people that are at the conference, they can, you know, usually exchange Twitter handles and make sure you're following the right person. Um, I, that was my original thought when I saw this was like, oh man, whenever I go to North Bay Python or whenever I go up to uh, Pi Cascades, um, I can, the people that I follow, I can just look at Spoonbill and see who all will be at Pi Cascades using that instead of trying to like trust my own, like, oh, I do a Twitter mention and then just have to hope that somebody, you know, replies. Absolutely. I ran into the same thing. I'm not a huge conference person myself. I went to my first like multi-day conference XOXO, which is this technology and arts conference up in Portland last year. And it was really fun because I had changed my, I think it was my name or my location or something. And then the day or two before the conference, I just got my own email from Spoonbill showing me all the folks who I followed on Twitter who were also going. And that was great because it was sort of a like pre-bedded list of, okay, I know this person and this person and this person, I can reach out to them and try and find them there. It was super helpful. You know, that's, we can talk about XOXO in a little bit, because that is one conference that I've always wanted to go to. Um, but I, I've just always like so much imposter syndrome around that conference of just <laughs> like, I'm going to be around all these other creators that are doing awesome things. And they ask me, what do I do? And I go, Oh, I make a podcast and break stuff. You know, <laughs> that should, that should be like my Twitter bio is I break stuff for fun. <laughs> I think um, you are not alone in that mindset. And honestly, I kind of went through the same, for lack of a better term, crisis of confidence. And it was honestly the, perhaps not the only conference, because like I said, I haven't been to that many, but the first that had a talk in their like opening keynote about imposter syndrome 
And it was wonderful because the, the organizers, the Andes, um, were both sort of like, we know you're around a bunch of people who you have talked to on the internet or admired from afar or really respected their work. And just know that everyone is going through that and everyone is sort of in that same boat. You're not the only person who's maybe going a little crazy in terms of thinking about those things. And I thought that was really, really sweet and really kind because I remember having that conversation with a number of folks there just being like, oh man, this person I respect so much and they've built so many amazing things and I feel like I'm nothing compared to them. And then other people being like, I feel the exact same way. Um, so don't let that stop you. So one of the things that you you said earlier about button down was like, it kind of like resonated with me a little bit when you mentioned that you were, you were using something like tiny letter and it was like a step up above just like handwriting all of these (laughs) emails. But then it was also like a step below like the MailChimps and the mailer lights and, and you kind of wanted to fit in between there. And that's one of the things I really liked about um about button down absolutely like i think this was maybe on sunday i got an email from it was some sort of small like clothing brand based in um i want to say new york and the thing they were asking me was sort of along those lines where like they're like hey we love writing emails we checked out the tool it looks great we need to handle some more more complex user flows. Like we need to be able to handle having a bunch of concurrent campaigns and branching behavior depending on who has opened what email and that kind of thing. And I, I referred them to MailChimp. MailChimp is an amazing product for that type of thing. Like the folks at MailChimp are extremely talented and what they've built is really, really powerful and sophisticated. It's, I think their, their product and a lot of other products, like you mentioned, ConvertKit and Drip and some of the more automation focused email products are designed with above all, like the specific intent of converting customers or maximizing engagement or uh, getting the most you can out of it, like an e-commerce platform. And those things are important, but I felt like there wasn't a product or a tool out there that optimized for just sending clean, simple emails as easily as possible. So that was something that, you know, you, you mentioned people wanting all of this complexity. I mean, you give them kind of the keys to do that by <laughs> including an API. Like that is, that is something that it kind of surprised me. Like I, I had to sit there and make this checklist when I, when I chose button down, like I, I was like, okay, here's what I need. I need simple markdown editor. I need an API that I can make it as complicated as I need it to be. And then I need some simple form of tagging. That way I'm not sending stuff to the wrong people. And it was like, it just like check, check and check. Did you, were you like reading my tweets to do that? (laughs) I think one of the advantages of building out a tool or a side project that you want to be the number one customer of is you can kind of disregard some of the conventional wisdom in terms of building out a roadmap. Some of the choices I made with button down were explicitly because it's things that I thought were cool or that I wanted. Um, And they skewed pretty technical in terms of Markdown is as popular as it is within the tech community. (laughs) The number of people outside the tech sphere who even know what Markdown is as a thing is pretty slim. Uh, Same with having an API where you look at objectively what I'm trying to offer, which is sort of like this clean, simple, uh, non-complex, non- 
tech heavy interface. And then you have an API, which is just for developers who aren't necessarily the, the core offering here. But I think it has resonated with that genre of person like you just described, where it's, I think, starting from a position of this is what I want. And I wants to I want to make it work really well for me. And then finding the other people whose Venn diagram of use cases matches mine pretty exactly has ended up being much more successful than I thought. Uh, one of the things that you do here as well is you're very transparent about uh, one your process and two your your roadmap and three your your actual running costs. Like what what was the reasoning for you know giving everybody an exact breakdown of how much money you spend on this application? Absolutely. So I think that came from almost the the morbid desire I always had where before I built sort of side projects and apps, I would read a lot about folks who are doing the same thing where it's kind of the, what I think Indie Hackers, uh, the site has made very popular of that blog post style of, oh, I started with nothing and now I have this like four figure MRR app. And I was always fascinated as to the innards of that, how it works. Like how did a single person sort of figure out how to rationalize all of these costs and all of these competing features and these roadmaps, basically be a PM and accountant and all of these different things in one. And I started noticing a couple apps. Um, one that comes off the top of my head was uh, Cushion, which is a time tracking app for freelancers um, that actually exposed their running costs as well. And it was just fascinating to kind of explore that. I would find a number of these apps and just sort of pour over them and watch how people decided to spend their money where it's, oh, this one app is going to spend the majority of their revenue on Heroku or on AWS because they think cloud is the way to go. And I always thought it would be interesting to materialize that as well because button down is not being particularly run as a, I want to make as much money as I can from this. It's right now a bit above break even, which is great. Um, but I wanted to kind of show all of those factors that come into this because presumably there are folks who are just as interested as I once was in terms of all of those little things. Does that make sense? It, it definitely does. And and one of the things that I would ask is, I mean, you have so many things here. There's 13 different itemized uh, services that make button down what it is, according to this list mm -hmm. here. And I mean, are you managing all of these? I mean, are are you the the DNS guru, <laughs> the the mailgun hero, and and you know also writing the blog? I mean, how how do you balance having to know a thing or two about Circle CI and also a thing about you know G Suite? Totally. Um, it is to answer the first question. That is all me. I've been working it's one of the reasons i've really enjoyed working on button down is the ability to wear a bunch of different hats at once where we within a hour-long period of doing button down stuff on a random tuesday evening i can be the customer support person and then i can be like you're saying the it guy or the dns resolver and then i can be the person who's trying to figure out a new a new email integration to validate emails or to fight spammers or something and bouncing around all those different roles and hooking up to all these different services has been super fun, super gratifying. There's definitely on some occasions, a little bit of whiplash of trying to compartmentalize, like being in, I'm going to respond to 
all of these emails from the past day or two mode to, okay, now I'm going to hack on a new feature and really kind of try and focus and do some iteration on a design mode. Um, and that's been fun. I think that's a valuable skill to have in general to be able to context switch pretty quickly and not lose any velocity. No, I, I think that's phenomenal. And I, I will definitely do a shameless plug for my own services if you need any help. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, I mean, that's what our business is all about is, is taking the stuff that people get frustrated with dealing with. Normally, it's actually dealing with their <laughs> newsletters. So <laughs> it may not fit in, yeah. in your case. But with, with that being said, though, wouldn't that raise an argument for potentially open sourcing the technology behind it? Because I mean, if we're honest, if people want to build their own and host their own, then, you know, they're not costing you anything. But through the through the act of open source, I mean, you would have the ability to really be able to reach out to and get a lot of these features done without it taking time away from you being able to do some of the fun stuff. Oh, absolutely. And I kind of love the idea of open sourcing apps as a model. One of the first like side projects that I seriously did after college was a cocktail app called Barback. And from the onset, I knew I wanted to open source it just as a, a little bit of social proof of just, oh, I looked, I built this thing but also a, as that where I was like, oh, if anyone wants to make an improvement, they can, and I'll have it hooked up to CI and I'll submit to iTunes every X weeks. And I've thought about how to do that with Button how to get it to that place, not only for the feature standpoint of, I don't have the energy or time to build out all these things, but you can, but also one of the things that I feel kind of strongly about is this growing, I guess, culture or epidemic where you spend you know years of your life uh, working with an app, building out you know templates and metadata and getting a subscriber list, and then out of the blue, it shuts down. Um, I think this has happened with like a number of note-taking apps and CRMs and all this stuff over the years. And I think that's kind of a travesty, right? Where you look like you look at that relationship with customers and how you're kind of persisting in a one-sided debate of, oh yes, put all of our data and all of your trust and energy into us, and we might just disappear off the face of the earth. And one of the biggest, I think, solutions to that is open source, where the alternative isn't, oh, we're going to shut down. It's, oh, you might have to figure out how to do this in a self-hosted manner, but you'll still have your data. You have access to the underlying code. The reason I haven't been able to do that quite yet is mostly <laughs> boring technical stuff where a lot of what I built here was not designed with that in mind, just in terms of things like how do we handle secrets? How do we handle authentication? How do we handle API integration? Um, but I think down the line, I want to be able to open source, if not the entire thing, at least the core, the exactly what you need to be able to have the button down experience. And then if you don't want to use, for example, Mailgun, which is what we use to send out our emails, that's completely fine. You can fork it, host your own, and send it through SES or some other email service. I feel like that is the best of both worlds. So I, I think this will definitely be the last question before we jump into the after show, because I'm really looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> how has this kind of evolving into its own 
platform changed your personal and professional goals? That's a great question. Um, I think the, from a professional goals with regards to button down, I originally thought I was like, if 10 people use this, I'll be thrilled. Like if I can just get convince a couple of friends to start newsletters and to have this be a thing, then my goals for this app have succeeded. I have succeeded with what I was trying to do. And now seeing the scale of how many people use it, I think I haven't run the numbers for the past December, but in November, it was something like 570,000 individual emails were sent through the tool, which is just so mind boggling to me of even being in that ballpark that I think the the next thing I wanna see is, I guess, a broader, shift towards this kind of thinking around not necessarily having everything be a transaction, if that makes sense. One of the things I love about Button is most of the emails I see flowing through the system are kind of of that personal nature where it's people just kind of connecting, sharing what they're talking about, almost a return to like 2007 era blogging, where it's not necessarily driven for a purpose, but it's just, hey, here's this cool thing. And I want to use whatever influence I have with building this tool and with focusing on different features to kind of further that cause, if that makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense to me. And and as someone who has been trying to figure out the best possible way to um, integrate Pinboard with some type of newsletter service, I am I am looking forward to figuring out how you uh, you managed <laughs> to help with that. So, uh, but before we jump into the after show, please remind everybody again, this is, this is weird because we normally don't do a lot of like app promotion, but at the same time, like <laughs> I, I love this service. Like it is, it is something that I, it, like I said, it checked all the boxes. It gave me enough flexibility to, uh, kind of do what I wanted with it. And then on top of that, at the same time, it's also a single developer project, which is something that I am always looking to support and help get the air, you know, get the the word out on. Because as someone who has single developer projects himself, and you know, two person projects and three person projects, like we need more projects like that. We need more people showing what they know and, and sharing their ideas and coming up with these cool little tools that you know, the, the cruft of a large thousand person corporation can't accomplish. <laughs> uh, definitely. And just as the, the very short um, plug, it, the tool is called button down. It's at button email dot email is now a TLD for reasons passing understanding, but I love it. Um, and yeah, it's, it is literally just me as Jay, I think you can attest when you, email me, you're not getting like some random person or some customer service agent. I am the person responding to all the emails, which is honestly probably been the most fun part. I think everyone I had talked to was just like, oh, you're gonna get all of these emails from random customers, it's gonna be such a hassle. Everyone has been super nice. I think there is, as you kind of talked about, like the sense of community around kind of these smaller indie projects has been so warm and so welcoming. Like, I don't think I can I think I can count on one hand the number of like negative interactions I've had over the past 18 months. And it's just people mostly like complaining about, hey, can you have this feature? Hey, can you charge me less money? Um, <laughs> and so if anyone listening has any questions or anything, I would be more than happy to 
to answer. And, and if the question is, can you add this feature? The answer is maybe. And can you charge less money? The answer is no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so what if, what if they want to get in touch with just you, Justin? Yeah, you can email me at me at jmduke.com. I love getting emails. Um, I'm more than happy to talk about anything from running or starting a side project to what the Seattle weather is like. I promise it's not bad. Uh, to, as we were talking about earlier to this episode getting recorded, uh, very interesting Python esoterica. Um, I'm a huge Python nerd, so I'm always happy to talk to folks about that. You've been listening to my conversation with Justin Duke. If you want to find out more about Justin, you can head over to jmduke.com. And of course, if you are interested in trying out Button Down yourself, you can sign up for a free account at buttondown.email. A special thanks to Justin for being on the show. And of course, don't forget the the conversation didn't end there. Uh, I also have a bonus show with Justin interviewing me about all kinds of different things that we, we really get into it. So if you want to not only hear that after show, but also get access to the unedited feed, which is the entire conversation from the time I start recording to the time I close the recording down uh, much later, then you can head over to co-fi.com slash jnjmedia. Now, what is JNJ Media? JNJ Media is the production company that I run with my other friend Jay, uh, who lives in the UK, and our goal is to create a space for developers and creators and, and gamers and all those things so that they can focus on their craft. They can focus on the thing that they're trying to create. And we take care of a lot of the marketing and content creation around the idea. So when you go to co-fi.com slash jnjmedia, you're not only supporting uh, the goal that we have of, of being completely independent for productivity and tech, but also some of the other side projects that I, as well as my friends have, and that we all put underneath the JJ Media banner. Now, if you are a developer or a creator of some sort and you have a project and you need a little bit of help promoting it, or maybe you want to just build a podcast and you need help getting started with that, then be sure to reach out to us. Uh, you can find out more at jnj.media. And of course, if you're a developer, as always, if you are looking for productivity help, uh, you can reach out to me directly on Twitter at KJAYMiller, or you can learn more about productivity, especially as a developer from a developer at productivityintech.com. A special thanks to Nadir Omawale for the use of his track, A Hustler in Spite of Myself. And of course, once again, a special thank you to Justin for being such a wonderful host. But that's going to do it for this week. I am looking forward to next week. So for the Productivity in Tech podcast, I am Jay Miller, and I hope we have been productive. I'll see you next week. <laughs>